Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to The Beat with JoJo Doman, powered by Husker Online. Nebraska linebacker JoJo Doman gives you an in-depth look at the Husker football program and beyond. The Beat is brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. Hello and welcome again to another edition of The Beat. Brought to you by, as you heard, our proud sponsors, Edgewater Insurance in Real Estate. Um, located from Omaha to Binkelman and everywhere in between. Make sure you check out Edgewater Insurance in Real Estate, a locally Nebraska-owned company. Well, JoJo Doman, uh, big win for you guys on Saturday, 28-3. to Your defense hasn't allowed a touchdown now for six quarters in a row. I mean, you're playing some good football right now back there. Yeah, I mean, we, we fall back on our training. That's the goal. I mean, three points felt like too much. Um, we gave up at the end of the half, so... Really, it's just about we got to buckle down. We got a big game this week, and we got to continue to do the little things right and, and allow the result to take care of itself. Yeah, was that what you guys expected? I know the first two weeks, Illinois, you didn't really know what to expect. Fordham was an opener for them, so you didn't really know what to expect. Did Buffalo at least come out with kind of what you were expecting to see, or were there some wrinkles thrown at you? No, they they did. They they want to run the ball, and that's what they tried to do most of the game. So. Just knocking out that run. They had a really good running back and, and a nice little scheme for them. So really just, you know, tackling. You saw Luke Reimer earlier on the show. Um, just we're flying around. It, it's all it, it's it's team defense. So getting everybody to the ball is a big key to stopping the run. Yeah, you look at the numbers now. You guys have gone seven straight games where you've held the opponent under 400 yards. And you're probably like, so what? Well, that's the best stretch you guys have had as a defense at Nebraska since 2009-2010. Get out of here. So, I mean, some pretty good players are on those defenses. Zamek and Sue and, um, you know, Prince Mukamara. I mean, some really, really good NFL Husker players were on those 09 and 10 defenses. And obviously that was the last really elite stretch of defense. Well, you guys have done it now seven games in a row. Now this week the challenge is going to be a little bit harder against yeah, Oklahoma. No doubt. Um, but it is a remarkable stretch that you've, you know, held the opponent under 400 yards for seven straight games. Yeah, we're going in the right direction. I mean, this week will be, you know, key to see if we can continue that stretch. And if we can, we'll have a good chance to win the game. The game this last pat against Buffalo, 28-3, um, the quarterback threw it 50 times. I mean, he was just slinging it around. You had to kind of know going in you weren't going to sack this guy. A year ago, he was only sacked one time the whole year. And you guys pressured him in this game 21 times in the game. I think 14 hurries and seven hits. Um, I mean, how, what was the game plan to get after a guy that you knew that nobody really was sacking just because the way he gets rid of the ball? Right. That's just, I mean, I think his quick releases are just in their game plan. They don't want to take very many negative plays and stay between third and manageable uh, situations, which is what they did. They ended up like 11 for 22 on third down, and their success on third down mostly came on third and shorts. And that's tough because you got to defend not only the pass, but the run. So, they do a nice job in that, trying to keep the chains moving. And then, you know, we knew we had to get after him, and he doesn't want to get hit. And that tells me that they probably don't have a good, you know, second option. So, you know, that's just, that was their prerogative. And we had to, we, we came and, and we soared. So we did our thing. We covered down the, we still got a lot of pressures. We, what, we got 21 pressures. 21 total pressures. So we were doing the right things. We didn't, we didn't have a sack to show for it, but we were flying around. Yeah. And something else about that game. Did you have any idea that that guy was going to do an 81-yard punt? I mean, was that did, 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 did you know that he was their backup punter at one time? I guess I didn't know that either, but um, was that like, okay, it's probably a pooch, or did you really think they were going to go for it there? Yeah, so we didn't know that he could punt. Um, also didn't know he was a lefty once I watched it on film. But, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty absurd that they were lining up. and I, like, I knew, what are you doing? Right, I thought they were just going to draw us off sides, you know, hard count it, and then call a timeout and get the punting unit. But, yeah, when he started stepping back, I knew it was going to be a pooch. So I'm glad it rolled into the end zone. So if you actually would have known that a pooch was coming, do you say Deontay or Markel or whoever, um, does somebody have to roll back there? Or do you think maybe that they're like, oh, we got the numbers advantage, 
we're playing 11 on 10, we're going to maybe go for that at that point. I would assume we would have been in like a one high defense and put put our post safety back there and and once he gets in a pooch situation, he's able to shoot that and at least you know try to catch the ball so it doesn't roll for 40 yards. You're listening here to The Beat with JoJo Doman as uh, we talk about Nebraska's win um, against Buffalo. Uh, a lot to talk about in this game. And later in the show, Adrian Martinez is going to be in studio here in our next segment. Then Luke Reimer, two of the standouts in the game itself. But you know that was probably to me the story saturday you had guys making individual plays adrian 71 yard run he delivered then two 60 plus yard touchdown passes logan smothers had a 50 some yard pass and i we laugh about that but you know a year ago the longest pass you guys had in the whole year was a little flip pass to xavier betts um and then the wandell robinson catch at maryland was like a 39 40 yarder and that, that was it. And, and you, you guys surpassed all of last year in one game. By the way, that was the first game Adrian Martinez has had two touchdown passes since 2019 Maryland. Wow. I mean, yeah, that's that goes to show the, the work that we are doing and the weapons that we do have. And we got to be able to push the ball downfield to to keep the defense honest. And then we also got to get the run game going so that the pass game opens up. So, you know, everything really coincides with one another. Everything affects each other. So as an offense, the more, you know, threats you have on offense and, and, and the more you can consistently move the ball, the the defense will be on their heels. Was that the Samori Tori that you had seen all camp? Yes, that's that is what we expect to see out of him. And he he's a playmaker every day he shows up. So if we can get him the ball, I mean he only had two touches, two touchdowns. So I mean, I, I think we still need to find the way to get him the ball more in more creative ways. All right, three touchdowns, two were taken off by flags. And I think two of them we could agree were debatable. Um, yeah. The pick play, OPI, and then obviously the, uh, the, the, the illegal forward pass that was an option pitch. I mean, Coach Frost, the end of the game was bizarre. Yeah. Like, it was chippy. Like, you could see the Buffalo coaches kind of barking across, doing hand gestures, kind of – um, I mean, but Coach Frost really wanted to score there one more time and just to kind of send a message like we're, we're, we need to keep getting better. Yeah, I like that. I like the aggression. If we can go in there and score with our twos, like that, that just goes to show the, you know, the energy we're putting out. And, and Ohio State, you know, last year when they were up on us, you know, they put their twos in the game and they marched down and scored. So that's that. Honestly, it's a it's a vibe killer um, when their twos come in and, and go down this field and score like that just kills the will of a team. And it also builds momentum for those backups that they can go in there, execute and make plays. And who knows when we're going to need those guys later on in the season. So I think it was I think it was a good play. Logan Smothers has impressed me. I mean, I, I didn't know what to expect. And, and he's come in and, and looked good two weeks in a row. Yeah, no, I'm happy about that. And uh you know, we need we need we need a guy like that. And if, if God forbid anything happened to Adrian, we need a guy that can come in and, and move the ball for us and run the offense. And it, it seemingly he, he's doing a good job. And I, I, I'm a big fan of Verduzco, and I know that he does a great job with those quarterbacks. So it, it's not it's no surprise to me. All right. You're listening here to the beat. And one of the cool things, Jojo, we do each week is the Husker heartbeat give back with Edgewater Insurance in real estate. Every week during the football season, Edgewater will donate $1,000 to 13 different distinctive charities um, that you choose. Um, we've given $1,000 with Edgewater JoJo each week on the show, and we want to raise awareness for different groups and organizations, obviously help them raise money. Well, today um, we've chosen, chosen the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, better known as FCA. That's right. We are donating to FCA, who focuses on serving local communities by engaging, equipping, and empowering coaches and athletes to unite, inspire, and change the world through the gospel. So honestly, that, that we're giving back to, to God's kingdom mean, means the world, and, and that's what we're here to do um, in, in any way, you know, energetically, relationship-wise, or financially, any way you can, you, you can contribute to the kingdom, man. It, it's a good cause. And we're uh, giving specifically to the Omaha Southwest Iowa locations. And um, these the, the, the $1,000 donation will go towards um, training and supporting and growing the network of Omaha and Southwest Iowa coaches as they try to impact the heart of their athletes and lead them to Christ. So go to um, the FCA camp scholarships for students and coaches uh, to our events. They have a website, my.fca.org slash Omaha scholarship as 
they are the proud recipient of this week's Husker Heartbeat Give Back. Thank you to our title sponsor, Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate, again as $1,000 this week on behalf of uh, the Husker Heartbeat Give Back will go to FCA. All right, when we come back, JoJo, we're going to be joined in studio by Adrian Martinez. You're listening here to The Beat. Have you ever experienced turbulence on a flight and wondered why? And you can see all the terrain around you. Uh, you've got no issue with visibility or anything? No, everything's peachy. Maybe you've sat on the tarmac for hours wondering why your plane isn't moving. Well, we're outside here. They're saying the ramp is closed. They won't let us park because of uh, Air Force One. Listen in on the conversations between pilots and air traffic controllers on the Air Traffic Out of Control podcast. Cybersecurity declaring an emergency. There's smoke in the cabin. I need to make a landing right now on 31 left. We have the most interesting, wild, and funny ATC recordings you will ever hear. Check out Air Traffic Out of Control wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And we're back here on The Beat, Sean Callahan, JoJo Doman, as this segment of The Beat, brought to you by Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill on 30th and Yankee Hill Road. JoJo was in there again after the game on Saturday. It's become the uh, the post-game meal tradition. Dude, my parents love it, so we they... It's not even my idea anymore. Like they're like, "Yo, meet you at Tanner's," and I'm like, "Okay." Charbuff, I'm a Charbuff wings guy. That's my go-to. I know you, you like one of the wraps, right? I like the the quesadilla. Um, is is fire. All right. Well, we've got a special guest here joining us in studio uh, for a quick hit. Uh, pleased to have uh, your teammate, Nebraska quarterback Adrian Martinez, captain, all-star of the game this past week with uh, two deep ball touchdown passes to Samori Torre as well as the play of the day, the 71-yard run. Take it away, JoJo. 2 a.m., thanks for joining me, man. Yeah, of course. Man, the last two weeks, we got off, I mean, all of us, we got off to a, a rocky start, not the way we wanted to start, but the last two weeks, you've been performing in particular. Um, how, how are you going to, how do you plan on sustaining that? What's your mindset on, on how to keep this going for you? Yeah, well, it, it's really just about continuing the habits that I've formed. Uh, I didn't lose faith after after week one, you know, it's going to take a lot more to, to get me discouraged than that. So, um, all the things I'm doing in the film room, the things I'm doing in the weight room, the things I'm doing on the practice field, it's about sustaining those type of habits. Um, the eating habits, the, the rest habits, those type of things that, that add up over the course of a year and, uh, having faith in on game day, simple as that being present, being engaged with my teammates, all the things that, that make us successful, that, that help me as an individual. Um, continuing those things you, you, you said it's going to take a lot more than that to to bring you down w what would it take to bring you down I don't know <laughs> I don't know you know I've been through I've been through a lot in Nebraska a hell of a lot more than than what's been what I've been hit with you know absolutely just uh got to keep going right it's week one yeah week zero <laughs> facts yeah you know so we're, we're way beyond that now and and uh you know like I, I had said earlier uh just have so much faith in this team. You know what we can be and haven't lost that. I agree, man. I definitely have faith in the guys in our locker room and the fact that we banded together, started with, you know, off season before we even had Unity Council, then Unity Council and just getting the guys together and understanding that we're all invested in this thing, we're all sacrificing for this thing. Like that builds confidence in a program and that's what we need to, to continue on to be successful. Um, Talk me through your that seventy-one yard run. That got me off the bench. I'll tell you that I, I'm I'm getting water. I'm cool underneath the tent, and yeah. I stood up and, and sprinted just to get a look at it. Talk me through that play. Yeah. So pre-snap, we were in an empty formation, and uh, they had five down linemen and one solo backer in the box. So it it was cover zero, and then they brought that solo backer. So it was zero blitz. Um, I found out later that they brought the backer and they popped out one of the ends. Uh, but there's really no way to be able to tell who was going to drop just because they're playing man. It was just kind of a, one of those situations where I knew one of our guys had to win or I was going to have to make someone miss. Um, and I felt confident in that. So when that guy came flying through, I, I knew what I had to do already. Put a little move on him. Yep. Uh, find a way to, <laughs> to get up the field. I kind of bumped into Ethan Piper, one of our linemen. Um 
And from then on, it was just like, find a way to get to the end zone, which I came up short, but. <laughs> Dude, you were chugging, I man. was chugging, but, but yeah, around, <laughs> I don't know where I lost team. I, I said earlier, it was like the 35. I looked back on the play, might have been around the 15 or so. I don't know. I I was I was losing steam at the end, but I was I was trying to find a way. That's Yeah, man, that's tough. You're aghast. You spent so much energy just getting to that point that. 100%, yeah, 100%. But I'm going to finish one of those off this year. Just wait on it. For sure. <laughs> So we had a couple touchdowns called back on offense. How how does that mess with your with your mojo and, and how how do you respond to that and, and hopefully just come back with another answer? Yeah, well I'd say it doesn't mess with my mojo in any way. It's it's a part of the game and, and something that is I'd say is hundred percent frustrating and uh, you just have to recognize what's out of your control and, and what isn't. Right. So, you know, a bad call that's that's out of my control, you know. I can bitch and moan all I want about it, but it's not really going to change anything. Right. Um, the refs are going to make the calls they're going to make, and we have to play within that framework, you know, and I'm going to continue to do what I need to do, and as a unit we're going to continue to do what we need to do, and the chips will fall at some point. So, you know, they want to take points off the board for a, a BS call. Like, stuff stuff happens. There's been worse right. calls in football, you know. At least we're not the Saints in, in, the, <laughs> in, the, in the NFC Championship game, you know, like. There's worse things, and we won the game, so we're going to move on from it. No doubt. Now, when you got off the field, when we're up in the fourth quarter, and then Logan Smothers goes in and he runs the offense, we were talking on the sideline about this. Like, How good does that feel to see him go in there and run the offense and be successful? It, it's a great feeling. you know. I, I take that stuff to heart, um, being the leader of that group, and I want those guys to be successful. You know, Logan Smothers, um, Heinrich. Masker, obviously, as well as included in that. You know, I, I take that stuff to heart. I, I try and give him constant coaching, advice on whatever. And to see him go in there and, and play confidently, uh, it was awesome. And to make a big-time throw, to make big-time decisions, and, you know, run the option and make a great pitch that they got called back. But, I mean, that stuff was uh, was to the T how we wanted it done. So, yeah. you'd love to see that. We were talking on the sideline on that rollout pass that he had the check down. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, situationally we're up 28 to three and it was third and short and like we need another first down to put the game away pretty much. Yep. Uh, so there's a, you know, a boot type play and uh, we have one of the players running back across the formation to be in the flat, be the flat element and get us the couple yards. Um, and I'm like, oh, he's open. He's right there. Let's get him the ball. End of the game. Bang. We'll take a couple knees and this end this game. And, yep. you know, that's more just in that situation. If you're reading that play in a, maybe another another situation, whatever, like you'd probably look at it differently. Either way, he saw Hickman open and he took the shot and he freaking nailed it. Delivered. And I, I loved it. I, no one had a problem with that. No one's going to complain when you get a 50-yard ball, right? You right. Know? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, all right. You got the first down and you got 50 yards with it. So uh, hell of a throw, great play, and uh, – man just just happy for him you know continued uh success there is just building confidence for him yeah so as as the quarterback of an offense um when you guys are struggling whenever that is how how do you rally the troops is it on the field are you are you you know saying things on the field in between plays or is it when you come to the sideline like what is what is that energy and how do you rally the troops when you guys are struggling yeah well it's a mix of both it's a mix of mix of both for sure and, and part of it too is is you got to look at it as like chipping away you know we're chipping away all right we had a really good drive right there and we didn't finish it but we're chipping away we know what we can do to this defense we can drive it on them we got to finish got to finish and that stuff happens on the field after play hey we need more out of you or yeah. that was a great job or this or that it's it's in the moment and then it's on the sideline as well and and that's something we've been night and day better at this year uh all across the board from quarterbacks to the running backs the o-line and the receivers just constantly communicating and being in each other's ear and uh, that stuff helps and you know whether you're up or down when you're doing that stuff the lows don't feel as low and, and the highs don't feel as high. You need to be uh, a little more even keel, and and we've we've been good at that. Yep. Now, Verduzco was up in the box the last couple of years, right? Yeah. He's on the field now. He is. How has that affected you? Is 
and how, and how's that been having him on the sideline? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, I'd say our communications become more efficient, which is good. You know, you don't have to deal with, you know, hopping on the headset and this and that or whatever, uh, waiting to hear from someone else. He has access to the headset. He can hear what they're saying, but also is with me face to face. And I think it also allows me to be a better communicator with my teammates. You know, not have to maybe go to a certain place to hop on a headset. I can be more engaged with the guys on the sideline. Yep. Last question for you. We go down to Norman this week. We play, anytime you play a great team, uh, you're going to face adversity. How are we going to prepare this week to prepare ourselves for, for that adversity? So when we do get punched in the mouth, we're able to respond and we don't get knocked on our, on our butt. Yeah, 100%. Well, I mean, part of it is knowing that. You know, what are you going to do when you get punched in the face, right? right. And uh, like I was saying earlier, it, it's all about the stuff that we're doing day in and day out. I mean, it's about the practice habits. It's about the film ha habits. It's about having faith in that process and faith in the guy to your left and right. Um, none of that stuff can change. It's not miraculously like just miraculously going to happen Saturday. It's, it's what we've been doing. It's what we're going to do this week. Yeah. Um, and having faith in that, having faith in the guys and that we're going to find a way and we're going to make it happen. Simple as that. That will to win day in and day out, man. It 100%. You can't, you don't just show up to a fight and, and then think you're just going to win if you haven't prepared. To yeah. Win yeah. The it's, it's the whole, you know, and I, I do strongly believe in it, but people don't rise to the occasion. They, they fall back on their training. Right. Yep. You know, I, I do believe in that. And, and uh, that's my mentality. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks again here to Adrian Martinez for joining us on The Beat. When we come back on the show, we're going to be joined by linebacker Luke Reimer. You're listening here to The Beat. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Dolman. Brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome back here to The Beat. Sean Callahan, JoJo Dolman. You just heard from Adrian Martinez as you're listening to The Beat. And this segment is... Brought to you by Gary Michaels Clothiers on 56 and Pine Lake Road. They are going to dress JoJo Dolman this year. They're going to dress Nebraska football team. I think your suits are supposed to be in as a team. And then you're going to obviously get your own stuff out of Gary Michaels. So looking forward to seeing you in a suit. I don't think I've ever seen you in a suit and tie, JoJo. I look slick, baby. So get, <laughs> get on into Gary Michaels <laughs> Clothiers on 56 and Pine Lake Road as they got custom gear. They can fit anybody. I mean, they, they'll measure you out and, and they will. you'll come out of there looking like a million bucks. Uh, see Gary and Nate, but let's get right into our next segment. Uh, pleased to have in here with us Luke Reimer, um, the standout linebacker, had the interception, the defensive play of the game. Take it away, Luke. We got Lincoln, Star, North Star, North Star. product, Luke Reimer in the building. We were, just in the, we were just in the ice tub earlier today, and we were talking. You had one FBS offer yep. coming out of high yep. school. From who? Uh, from Buffalo. Believe From Buffalo, the team you just had the game of your life against? Yes, yes. That's pretty ironic. One, one FBS offer and then I think four or three uh, FCS offers. So not a lot of – not big on the recruiting trail for me. Right. Well, I'm honestly, I'm kind of glad it, it turned out that yeah. way because we me got too. you Me too. Trust me. Me too. <laughs> so with that being said, what made you walk on at Nebraska? Um, a lot of it, honestly, I have to put it on um, two people, basically my brother – um, and then Josh Banderas, like they, cause he, he was my coach in high school. Um, and he, he obviously played here four years, whatever. Um, and he, so he knows what it takes and he knows, like, he saw me play every, every day for a, for a full football year. Um, and he's like, yeah, you're, you have to walk on, like you will play, um, in under two years. Like, yeah. unless you get seriously hurt, you will be on the field in under two years. You will be on scholarship in under two years. Um, and then my brother, he's like, yeah, like I will, I will pay for the first two years. Like, don't, Man. don't worry about anything. So, and that was the, that was the kicker for me. I was like, well, if I don't got to pay for it, just go play ball. Yeah. I'll just go play football and not worry about it. So Bando was your coach. Yeah. Was yep. he like coming from so he, uh, football here? Uh, so he was just in high or just in Lincoln, just kind of hanging around. Um, and he was, uh, he was coached by coach Kobza, who's that North star right now. Um, so he, he was, uh, he really likes Cobza and then Cobza brought him on just as like a grad assistant for lack of a better term. Um, and so Bando was just at all of our practices and he was just, he was just a huge help for, for me too. Like just little technique things that like, that you, you just wouldn't know if you hadn't played at a high level. So he, right. he did a lot of that stuff for me. Yeah. 
So from the very jump, bro, you, you basically came into the building and you started making plays. Um, I can remember one of your first practices. There's this number, like, little little 28 running around like a madman. And I was like, holy holy smokes. Wait, yeah. he's a walk-on? Yeah, yeah. Holy cow. And then college game day versus Ohio State, there was not a lot of, you know, bright spots from that game until the very end when, you know, the second strings are in and you're making, like, every tackle. Yeah. yeah. Well, what – can you can you take take me back to that moment? What was that like for you, and what were you trying to do out there? <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing my freshman year. <laughs> I was just running around. Um, I mean, Coach Frost, Coach Rude, they always they always preach like play fast, play physical. You're not gonna know what you're doing your first year, but we can teach we can teach you up on that stuff. But we can't teach effort. We can't teach um, just violence, I guess. Um, and so that's what I. My freshman year, that's all I wanted to do. I was just like, oh, I'm just going to run around. I don't know what I'm doing, yep. but I'm just going to go out there and make plays. So <laughs> That's what you did. Going, going out, going back and watching like freshman film, if I'm just bored or something, I'm just like, good Lord, I just don't know what I'm doing out there. But no, I, I feel like I've come a long ways in that aspect. So It is tough going back, watching film on yeah. ourselves. Like, man, I left so many plays out there. Yep, exactly, exactly. You got a scholarship after your first year? Yep. Yep. Just one year. Exactly. So it was kind of a funny deal. Uh, um, the season got canceled. All right. So last year, like the first, I guess for the first time, like season got canceled. I was like, well, what the heck? Like I, I knew I was going to play this year, uh, last year. So I was going to, I was going up to Frost's office. I was like, so what's the deal with the scholarship now that the year's over? Cause I thought it was just, they were just going to hold off on it for right. another year. I was like, I don't want to do, I don't want to do this. No, I'm, no, I'm good enough to get a scholarship without it. So I walked up there. He's like, Yeah, what's going on? Like, is anything wrong? I was like, Can I get a scholarship? Basically, <laughs> he's like, Yes, you. I was gonna tell you tomorrow. Basically, yeah. like we we're gonna have a big surprise for you, but you just ruined it coming in here. Um. So yeah, I <laughs> went in there. I was like, Where's my scholarship at? Basically, and he's like, Yeah, you don't have to worry about school the rest of your, rest of your time here. So it's. I was pretty happy about that. So no doubt, ruin, yeah. ruin the surprise, but that's all right. That's all right. So from <clears throat> from walk on to scholarship to black shirt. Yeah. What was that like in your black shirt this year? No, that was huge. Uh, I mean, ever since I've like, <laughs> I had buddies back in high school that they were just joking with me, like they knew I was a walk on. They didn't. They didn't really expect much. Just, as uh as i did either and they're like yeah you're gonna be a black shirt in like two years like just kind of just kind of bullshitting around yeah but now that i now that i'm got it, i'm just like it's kind of surreal a little bit but yeah. uh I'm, I'm happy for it i'm super proud and honored to to wear it what does it what does it mean to you um i mean obviously the the history at nebraska is just second to none um and just like the guys that have wear those worn those jerseys um it's just incredible that i get a I get to honor that legacy um, and carry on that legacy and try to uphold it too. So it's a, it's an honor, but it's a, there's a, there's a little extra pressure on it too. Cause you like, you can't put on a black shirt and just go out there and perform poorly. Like you right. have to, you have to do your, do your job and do it at a very high level. So you're playing for something now. Yeah, absolutely. So talk me through your mindset um, that's carried you from, walking on here to becoming a black, uh, black shirt like what what's luke reimer's mindset what goes on between your ears that's that's this growth mindset that's allowed you to keep getting better and better persevere through the adversity and be where you're at now um honestly it's it's a ton on coach rude like he he i i love i love having him as my coach he all he does is preaches he preaches habits um so like he, it's just that's the standard is to build your habits and to get a routine um, and that's, that's what I credit to, like how I've developed over the course of three years since I've been here is just, I feel like I've developed pretty good habits, um, and just staying really consistent with them. Uh, that's, you know, waking up at the same time every morning. That's, uh, that's doing the same thing every single day, day in, day out. And you don't, you don't get tired. You don't get tired or bored with it, um, with the meaningless tasks per se. Yep. Like you have to attack every task, every every individual drill we do every meeting we do with the same kind of intent that's like i have to get better today um so that's kind of I, I put a lot of credit on coach rude for 
how he's how he's developed me and how he's kind of shaped me into the player I am. Yeah, I'm definitely jealous of you and the fact that you get coached by the leading tackler in Nebraska yeah. in history no, that's, every day. That's big time. How uh, I guess dive in a little bit more. Like, how, how does he? What's his coaching style like? And, and how does he help you, Nick Kalarvik, and all the inside backers play at a high level? Um, I mean, his coaching style is he's not gonna get up, get onto us, and just uh, just cuss us out and just. Uh, kind of get in our face like that like he'll get on to us no uh no doubt but like he's more just like here's what you did here's what you screwed up like you got to take your mistakes and you got to own it um and you just gotta you you got to come back tomorrow and fix them basically yep um so he doesn't he doesn't just like um attack you personally at all um he's attacking problems um He's a, he's attacking the plays and not the player. Right. So I, I love the way he coaches too. It's it's really it's really easy to play really hard for him. Yeah. Because you're you're not you know you're not just gonna get cussed out when you walk off on the sideline after you screwed up. Like you're gonna be like, hey, you missed this play. You gotta fix it. Let's go. Yeah. So it's really easy to play for. I don't know if you've noticed. I've been trying to sneak into your guys' meetings a yeah. little bit. More. Oh yeah, I have. <laughs> um. So, man, you play you play fast. You play really fast. Um, what's your What's your favorite defense to be in um, that we that we play? You like do you do you like when we when we send you up the a gap? You like when you're able to scrape from side to sideline? You like playing the hook drops? Um, I I like being able to scrape. I'm I'm a more patient player as it is. Um, like I'm kind of opposite of Nick, where Nick likes to like kind of just go up to the line of scrimmage like right now. Like he sees his key, he just goes. Um, I'm a little more patient, so I, I like to scrape and I like to feel um, feel out the play a little bit more. Versus, but that's it. All just depends on the play call. But yep. I think I'm best when I'm scraping across and staying with patience and depth, um, and and just covering up covering up the, I guess not necessarily mistakes, but if there are mistakes up up on the line, that's that's where I feel like I'm best at. Yep. Now, when you are scraping and, and you are making a play. You're about to make a tackle. What's going through your head when you're about to smoke somebody? Like, what are you feeling? Um, actually, I've I've gone through like so, first game and second game, Illinois and Fordham. I had I had a little more missed tackles than I wanted to, and I, I kind of credit that to like I was just like I wasn't I wasn't finishing with violence. Um, Coach Ruth's kind of stressed that this year. Um, fin- like you have to finish every play and like you have to scrap and claw to get to get a party part. Um, when you get up from the ground. And uh, so I, I really took that to like after the first two games where I didn't, I didn't play up to, I just had a couple missed tackles that I, that I need to make. Um, and so th- this game, especially I was, I was just trying to just scrap and claw and just do anything I can to get the, to get the ball carried down. And I think I did a pretty good job of it. I think you did too. 16 yeah. tackles. You yeah. made those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's career high for me. So I, I feel like I did my job on that one. Hell yeah. Appreciate you joining us, bro. Appreciate it. Thanks again here to linebacker Luke Reimer for joining us as well as quarterback Adrian Martinez. We're going to take some questions and have much more to come. You're listening here to the beat with Jojo Doman. You're listening to the beat with Jojo Doman brought to you by Edgewater insurance and real estate. And welcome back here to the beach, Sean Callahan, Jojo Doman, as you heard, our title sponsor, Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. Thanks again to Luke Reimer and Adrian Martinez. But now, Jojo, a couple mailbag segments for you. But this segment of the beat brought to you by the newest sponsor of the program, Pioneer, an American seed brand since 1926. Uh, thank you to Pioneer as uh, they are on board here with us for the rest of the way. Pioneer is proud to work with generations of American farmers in most complex and rewarding industry on earth. From your friends at Pioneer, thank you, farmers. And speaking of farmers, I ran into one of your old teammates. Remember Sam Hahn? Yeah. So, I mean, he's a full-fledged farmer. And he, <laughs> like he, he's from DeWitt Tri-County down south by Beatrice, by Cam Jurgens' neck of the woods. And he's like, yep, we're pretty close to being out in the fields and – um, you getting getting ready to work, and when those dudes go in the fields, I mean they they work. I, I mean, believe it. Like we we do a lot of speeches in like Fremont and Kearney and Beatrice, and you know when it's harvest season because like we lose like twenty or thirty guys at our lunches every week. But when it's like non harvest season, our rains, all those farmers are there, but they're working from now until Thanksgiving, getting getting going in the fields. Yeah, I believe it. 
hardworking Nebraskans. But JoJo, let's let's take some questions in the mailbag. First one, Nebraska Oklahoma. What do you know about this series? Like, I mean, you've been in Nebraska now six years. Your girlfriend's from Grand Island. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your dad's a sports agent that has had a lot of connections to Nebraska players over the years. Do you have you lived here long enough to know much about what this series means? Yeah, I think wasn't it back in the Big Eight? Big Eight and Big Twelve. And Big Twelve. And it was just those are the two powerhouses of that of that era. So uh a lot of, you know, old tradition and old rivalry there. So for it to, you know, kind of resurface here in twenty twenty one is really cool. And I know both fan bases care a whole bunch about, you know, the result on Saturday. So it's just an awesome opportunity for us to go out and play a great opponent and, and for there be for there to be something on the line. How much okay, in the summertime you have time to to study some opponents. How much Oklahoma did you watch in the spring and the summer? Yeah, we watched a good amount, watched a lot of their twenty twenty tape and and just seeing how explosive they were on offense. And I mean, even when I was home on the couch being able to watch them in the in the college football championship um games was cool. So you know they're explosive. They got good players, and they got a good scheme. They're gonna be they're a tough opponent, and it's gonna be awesome to see how we stack up against them. Yeah, you played a lot of good quarterbacks in your six. I like to say six years at Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't play against Josh Heupel at Oklahoma, but um, Spencer Rattler. You know you, you've seen some good ones. I'm just trying to think out loud. I mean, Justin Fields um, at Ohio State has to be up there. It's one of the better ones you've played against. Uh, JT Barrett. JT Barrett. Um, but when you look at, at Rattler, I mean, where does he kind of stack up to what you've studied and seen on film? He's talented. Arm strength um, is definitely there, and he's got playmakers across the field. So they're going to air it out. They're going to test us. You know, they're going to really challenge our secondary, and, and we're definitely looking forward to that. Um, you know, th- this, is, this is what you look forward to. This is, this is seven on seven with pads on. So we definitely have to win the line of scrimmage and, and force their hand and, and then play top down in the secondary and tackle and if we can force some turnovers we're going to have a good chance yeah you look at you know years ago you'd say oh this is a way different type of game than the big 10 but the big 10 is pretty spread out now too i mean is is oklahoma what they do similar to anybody in the big 10 or or, are they on their own level as far as how they operate yeah i think they're more on like the ohio state kind of level of where they can spread you out and then they can also they, they can they can push the box with just like a with a five man box. They don't they don't need to bring guys into the box to um, to win to win the line of scrimmage. So you know this uh, spread offense that makes it so tough uh, to defend because you have to defend the whole field. So if anything, I'd say they're closer to Ohio State, and Ohio State's kind of in you know the field of their own um, in the Big Ten and the way they spread the ball around. Do you expect Coach Frost to tell any old Oklahoma stories this week? I bet he will. Yeah, it'd be cool. It'd be interesting to see. I and mean, he's he's got a lot of good stories, obviously, and he he knows the ins and outs of this place, and and he knows how much it means to play here more than any of us. So we're really just following his lead and and to, and and listening to him and, and trying to take absorb as much knowledge and information from him. So you know we understand that it means a whole lot, and, and we're going to come to play. What's crazy though, when Nebraska left the Big Eight. And then the Big 12 formed, so the eight Big Eight teams, and then the four Southwest Conference teams merged. Oklahoma was in the Big Eight, so just knowing what you know now, wouldn't you think that Nebraska Oklahoma would automatically be played even as like a built-in game? Right, you would think, but it wasn't. It wasn't. So they divided it up in divisions, and Oklahoma was so down at that time in 96 and Nebraska was so good. I mean, Nebraska was hanging 70 on Oklahoma at that point that there really wasn't a cry to keep this series alive. Okay. So Oklahoma then shifted the, the red river game had always been there too. Yep. And so Nebraska, Oklahoma, the way the scheduling used to work in the big 12, you would do a cycle with two years, of Texas, two years, of Oklahoma, and they would just wrote Nebraska. So you would do two Texas, two Oklahoma, two, and just rotated. So Nebraska would only see Oklahoma two out of every four years unless they saw each other in the Big 12 title game. Yeah, that is kind of surprising. But, you know, also not really with, you know, how the TV works now, how everything is really, you know, oriented around TV and and money. So, yeah, that's interesting, though. Oklahoma's going to the SEC. Texas is going to the SEC. Like, does that even, like, you guys even talk about that? Is that, like, 
conference realignment. Does any, anybody even discuss that in the locker room? Not really. I mean, it is cool to see it. You know, I think it's gonna what it's gonna affect most is it's gonna affect Vegas and and how people, you know, bet on games and it's gonna shift. You know, the the conference games and conference championships to make things more interesting. So, I'll be I'll be long gone when when all that falls into place. But it'll, it'll be definitely uh, interesting to watch on TV. As we uh, wrap up this first mailbag segment, Friday night movie. Did you guys see a movie again? We went and watched this Marvel movie. I can't remember the name. Um, it was it was a good movie though. So two thirty game, different than your your past two. I mean, a little bit more hotel. I mean, it was a little bit different schedule at the hotel. A little bit more downtime this week, or yeah, it was. We, we got a you know hour more of sleep, and then we woke up and we had position meetings, and then um, all the position groups did like this specific kind of flow warm up with their with their coaches, kind of get the blood pumping, so that we're not just sitting around in the hotel. So that was really nice. Then we had some more downtime. Um, I watched some more film and just, you know, relaxed and then it was go time. But I definitely, I definitely prefer those 11 a.m. kickoffs. So you're an 11, like, I didn't know if like the 2.30 was kind of like the happy median where you're like, you know what, it's early where I can still get out for dinner, but not too early. Yeah, no, 11 a.m. I mean, we we're used to waking up at, you know, six just for practice. So it kind of keeps the schedule consistent when we're playing at 11 and, 2.30 is better than night, but then again, night games are, are super lit and super, you know, and there's a lot of energy in those things. So, you know, honestly, we just we just play when we play, and, and the time that we have after the game usually just co- goes towards recovery. And, you know, I went to bed at 11.30 last night, and it was, it was mostly just because my adrenaline was still pumping. But, you know, the time of the game doesn't, necess- doesn't necessarily, you know, matter a whole bunch, but it, I obviously prefer those 11. So when you guys play a home game, where do you guys get to park your car at? That's always something I wondered, like, because they're not <laughs> going to give you, like, the good spots there because those people are paying, like, fifteen twenty thousand $20,000 a year in donations or more to get those spots there. So, like, where does the team park, and how do you get to your cars after a game's over? So we got to park on the, the northeast parking garage on the fifth floor, so we got to park on the very top floor, um, if you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Is it next the, to the dorms? The dorm. Okay, so they give you like a garage you can at least walk to. That's right. And that yeah, <laughs> I was walking to my car last night with Kenny Wilhite because he was leaving the same time as me, and you know I was just dreading those five uh, set five. There's no elevators. No elevator. You're just chugging up that thing. It's is, the worst. Is that the garage where you could like watch the practice field from? Yes. Okay. And there, by the way, there have been people that have been caught up there watching practice. I believe it. That doesn't surprise me. They go up there because <laughs> it, it, it's like the sniper tower down on practice from a distance. So I, I always wonder that. So then you guys get out of this game ended at about six something. You're out of the, what time do you leave the stadium after a game? Like seven, seven thirty? Yeah. I got out of there around seven thirty. late, you know, media, showers, family, all that. Town was buzzing, though. I mean, when you, and you went into Tanner's afterwards, obviously. I mean, when you went out and about, did you notice just the feel of a victory around town at different places? Yeah, I had to. I ended up having to give my mom and grandma a ride just because my dad, there was too much traffic. <laughs> you, couldn't get, you couldn't get the North Stadium just because it was so packed. So that's, that's what I heard, and Tanner's was definitely uh, bumping. So, you know, that's what winning does. Winning's contagious. All right, well, we'll close the show here. More, more to come. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Dolman. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Dolman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome back here to The Beat, Sean Callahan, JoJo Dolman's favorite song. That's on me, dude. I, didn't, I, for, I don't know how it slipped my mind. I didn't send the song Details. Details of the show here. Uh, is, that's your favorite slash least favorite intro bump um, <laughs> on The Beat as you're our pride, uh, proud title sponsor, Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. Um, but this segment of the beat brought to you by S and W fans for the best defense in the game. Check out S and W fans voted best of Omaha for the last five years serving Omaha and both Lincoln residentially and commercially check out S and W fans, a proud segment sponsor here on the beat with Jojo Doman. All right. First question, kind of a random one. Did cam Taylor Britt find his puppy? <laughs> he did. He did. The puppy's name Cinco after his <laughs> after his number, which is kind of cute. And that dog is so dang cute. I'm glad he found it. And 
dude his spirit was down like i remember seeing him the day he lost it right he just honestly didn't wasn't even acting like cam and you know rightfully so but he found it the next day and shout out to i think it was uh, lincoln police department that helped him find it so it just got out on its own and got loose i i think some i heard somebody took it i don't know any more details besides i heard somebody took it and then lpd helped find it yeah when you Take a dog of a high pro. Like it's 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 like the person that broke into Scott Frost's house. Remember that? Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> and they took like a bunch of his stuff. Like then there was like a whole search party out. And I mean, they, you have no chance at that point, right? <laughs> You're listening here to the beat. Okay, we just had Luke on, but someone wanted to know how much crap did you give Luke for falling one yard short of the end zone? We didn't really give him much. We didn't give him any crap. We uh we thought he got in, but looking at the tape, he did step out at the one. Um, Honestly, I put that on every other guy that uh, didn't get him in the end zone. So that that's on us. That's a when when we get a turnover, that now becomes an offensive play. So we gotta we gotta bust our tail to get everyone blocked down. And you know that was, it was a great play at a great time in the game. Unbelievable play by Luke. And you know it'd been nice to get him in the end zone, but get the offense. You know I think Gabe Irvin ended up uh, walking it in for a touchdown. So. You know, whatever works, six points is six points. Luke, when you see him too, I mean, he, he, he was a quarterback in high school, but he is way bigger than he used to be. Both him and Nick Henrich, when you see their upper bodies, like they have grown a ton just in the last year. Absolutely. And they can run too. Um, and, they're, and they're smart. And, and Yeah, rude. Luke was a 10-8, 10-9 kid in high school. Yeah, and, and Rude's got them looking at the right stuff. And, uh, you know, I got a lot of confidence in those guys. They make everyone else's job easier by getting us lined up right and by flying to the ball and, and you know, making up for our, mis- our mistakes, kind of Luke alluded to. He likes scraping over the top and just and just finding the ball, and that's football one-on-one at its finest. One question here is when will we have a coach on the beat? And <laughs> I can answer that. Um, I don't know if we're allowed to. I think NIL, um, we're still learning the rules every day on it. Yeah. Um, but I think people – tied to the university that work for the university can't help with nil i mean right the university employees can't um promote or be a part of it i guess so i talked to chenanders early on in the process he, he said he was totally down to, to hop on but obviously the more we learned about it we realized we can't do that yeah like the the mcgowns uh, which we also have on our channel like we did one like july one like the first day and, and they had like fred hoiberg on but I, that was before people knew the rules i mean I, I think there's definitely red tape and rules um you know as far as who can come on and and whatnot um the next question here from husker just 98 is there a former player that's come around and maybe help the team out over your time at Nebraska in a real positive impact just um, with their presence or message um, that you've been able to get to know? I mean, yeah, the first person that stands out to me is Jay Foreman and Jason Peter. Um, I think everybody's heard how they, they help out around the program. And it's really just like the mindset they bring um, and the energy they bring to practice. It's, it's really nice that, you know, we have guys that have done it before that have, that have already paved the way that, that, have our respect that that pull more out of us that always are demanding more out of us so those guys off the rip and then for me you know it's it, it's some of the guys that I've played with here that that come back and you know just their encouraging words and the fact that they still love and support this place through the ups and downs and that they that they still believe in us um it means everything so guys like Nate Gary and and, and Luke Gifford and um, Mick Stoltenberg and you know there's a handful more that that, that have reached out um, throughout my time here and that you know still you know still have a piece of this place in their heart and I, I, I can't help but think I'm going to be that guy too. Next question here is about defensive communication. Uh, Bo Pelini once said this a uh, great defensive coach at one time here at Nebraska when a defense is communicating on the field it almost looks like a basketball team talking and, and interacting when you watch like a really good college basketball team play, has this defense reached the point where you notice that constant language and communication on the field? And is it better than what you've seen in your time under Shenander? Yeah, we definitely are at the pinnacle of our communication um, thus far. And it can, it can get better and it's gotten better through our three games here. I mean, the first game we were talking a lot um, versus Fordham. We were, and, and I think this game we took a, we took a big step. We were calling out plays. We were, we're doing a nice job with our shells and our and our pre-snap looks. So, 
yeah, like you said, it, it, it's dangerous when guys are all on the same page and that we're all looking at the same thing, that we're keyed into the same thing. So, I mean, Markel the Smook told me that there was a – he was like, yo, watch the sweep, and what do you know? There's a sweep. So I set the edge, and we swarmed to the ball, had a TFL. So when stuff like that happens, we're, now we're ahead of the curve. Now we're playing faster than the offense. Um, we're now the offense is reacting to us instead of the other way around. So it, it makes the world of a difference. You watched the Louisville game last week. I did. Tough day. I mean, tough Matt. Old Miss. That, that's a good offense they're playing against. Yeah, that quarterback's really nice, and their their defense was firing on all cylinders. That's a good Ole Miss team. Um, just you know, objectively watching, I thought uh, Louisville didn't open up their playbook as much as they could have, and they, they I mean, their quarter, there's a lot of pressure on that quarterback. He led the team in the first half in rushing, receiving, and passing yards. I don't even know how that's possible, but yeah. Um, Brock didn't get in the game yesterday, even though they were up by a little bit. But you know, his time's coming. I know. Were you he's watching ready. that game yesterday? Yeah, I I got to peep a little bit when I was at Tanner's. So they put it on. Who who'd they play yesterday? Oh, lower FCS type team was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they they blew them out. Now your family, like, it's got to be nuts. Like they like they if they can do a double header, they do it right. I mean, it's it's not going to be very easy to do now, but like, yeah, they did last week. Last week they were at Fordham, and then they drove to Kansas City, dropped my grandma off um, in her hometown, and then flew out of KC to Atlanta, watched the watched the game, flew back to KC, spent um, you know I think Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in my mom's hometown, and then drove back up to Lincoln. So I think just today they're headed back to Colorado. And they drive to Colorado. Yeah. Because it's as easier to kind of control your own schedule. Right. And, and they, your, your grandma rides with them. Yeah, they got the hotspot going. They're able to work on their phones <laughs> and computers, so they're mobile. <laughs> well, one final thing here as we wrap up this edition of The Beat. Um, reminder um, to get involved. Husker Heartbeat is a, a great program um, that we are teamed up with here in Edgewater on The Beat. Make sure you follow Edgewater Insurance on Instagram at at Edgewater Insurance. Um, you can also follow JoJo Doman at The Dominator um, to, to and follow us, obviously, at Husker Online or at, at The Beat Podcast. You want to follow us on YouTube as well. Follow us on the JoJo Doman channel uh, as well as your Facebook channel for JoJo Doman. And download and subscribe to The Beat Podcast um, on anywhere you can find a podcast. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Megaphone, iHeart, TuneIn, you name it. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Husker Online channel in the Beat Podcast um, as we will have a show here for the remainder of the football season. And visit JoJo's website, thedominator.com. Um, lots of cool apparel and gear on there. I've seen a lot of these out there. JoJo, you, you guys are working with a really good team and all these different charitable givebacks we're doing. You can buy a lot of those shirts on there. Yeah, and all the all the profits from the shirt goes towards the charity of that week. So I'm not I'm not pocketing any of that. That goes all the proceeds of that go towards the charity. So that's the Husker Heartbeat Give Back T shirt at the Dominator.com. That's D O M A N N A T O R, the Dominator.com. Thanks for listening to the beat with Jojo Doman, powered by Husker Online. Join us for another show next week, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate.